Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Cha. Last month, monster trucks roared around St. Louis's dome at America Center. They gathered for Monster Jam, and if you were there, like I was, using only the edge of my seat, you'd have seen massive vehicles tearing along dirt tracks and defying gravity. It turns out that the St. Louis region has its own monster influence on the culture of monster trucks. That includes Rich Inman of Ellis Grove, Illinois, whose concussion motorsports shop manufactures titanic-sized chassis and even entire trucks for export. And Rich's work has been part of some of the most famous monster trucks in the world, including the home legend Bigfoot. This week, St. Louis on the Air producer Danny Wisentowski visited con- Concussion Motorsports to learn more about the workshop where monsters are made. Inside Rich Inman's cavernous workshop, the walls are covered in pieces of monster truck history. That includes actual pieces of actual monster trucks, their driver's side doors painted wild colors with names like Snakebite, Crusher, High Maintenance, and, of course, Bigfoot. But this isn't a museum. It's a place for building new monster trucks. Near the wall, Rich Inman shows me a chassis, a massive metal structure of interlocking tubes and pipes. The chassis is the internal structure of the vehicle onto which all the other parts are fixed. It's kind of like the monster truck skeleton. This is what's called the bottom half of a, a monster truck chassis. It's called a cradle. Now, building a monster truck isn't like building a car. It needs to be resilient, to be protective, but also a monster. It needs to be tough. Every weekend, these things will go 20, 30 feet in the air and come crashing down doing backflips. They, they've got to be built extremely strong. They've also got to be flexible and capable of protecting a driver even as they're being launched into the air with thousands of pounds of metal around them. On the walls of his workshop, Rich can trace the history of his own work. A big part of his career includes working on the modern iterations of Bigfoot. Bigfoot's owner, Bob Chandler, essentially started the monster truck phenomenon in the 1980s. Rich points out a poster of Bigfoot hung on a door of the workshop. It shows a blue monster truck flying through the air. Our first one that we built for him, uh, chassis was uh, Bigfoot 18. And there it is uh, doing a world record long jump. Uh, In 2012, it was 214 feet and eight inches. Rich doesn't labor alone. Also in the shop is Butch Hartman. He's worked for Concussion Motorsports for 13 years. And today he's tinkering on another chassis. We want to see it flying through the air. We want to see it performing up to its potential and putting a show on for the crowd and everything. I mean, that's what we build them for. Butch has no illusions about the fate of the trucks he works on, but he says he's not worried, knowing that everything he touches is destined for smashing and flying. As far as a full-blown monster truck, it's amazing just watching what people put them through, doing the long jumps, skying them 40, 50 foot up in the air. If you don't have a good driver, 
no matter how good the machine is, the machine isn't going to perform. But at the same time, if you don't have a, a extremely well-designed and put-together piece of equipment underneath the driver, the driver can't perform to their full potential either. I say goodbye to Butch and catch up with Rich on the other side of the shop. He spent the last 20 years honing this business, which started in his grandfather's home before expanding in the early 2000s. In those two decades, Rich has shepherded his trucks across the country and crossed oceans, bringing his creations to Canada, Mexico, New Zealand, and Australia. Rich doesn't let just anyone get in the driver's seat, and he admits that he's picky about his customers. He says that he feels married to these massive vehicles, even after they're sold. These things are made to go out and tear them up. I know that, and they know that. I had one customer, he took a truck, uh, it was done, he left with it, and like the first four weekends that he did shows with it, he barrel rolled it twice, um, rolled it over another two times, and some of the roll cage was bent just a little bit, and he called and he was upset, and I'm like, look what you've done the last four weeks. We build these things extremely strong and safe, but they tear up. For Rich, keeping these machines running and building new ones is a path that began when he was a child in St. Louis, sitting on the edge of his seat and watching Bigfoot take flight. Monster trucks started in St. Louis. They used to have truck and tractor pulls and monster trucks out at the St. Louis Checkered Home every year. And the very first time that Bigfoot did a show there, uh, my dad took me and as soon as it, Bigfoot come out on the track, I was like, I know what I'm doing. That was St. Louis on the Air producer Danny Wisentowski, who visited the Concussion Motorsports Workshop earlier this week, and now in studio to talk more about monster trucks and their unique impact on the St. Louis region. We have Rich Inman, owner of Concussion Motorsports. Rich, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. Now, it sounds like your passion for monster trucks was a love at first sight deal, um, and the first sight was Bigfoot, the world's first monster truck created right here in St. Louis. Rich, was it Bigfoot as a machine that got you or Bigfoot as a performer? Honestly, both. Mm -hmm. Both. And how old were you when you experienced that? Probably seven. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Bob Chandler came out with the original Bigfoot, I was like, that's what I'm going to do the rest of my life. <laughs> and how did your family feel about that? My, my they was son, okay with it. <laughs> yeah. My son has said that he has wanted to be a monster truck driver. Um, you've had the opportunity also to sit behind the, the wheel. Yes. Yep. What is that experience like? Honestly, you can't describe it. It's the G-forces that you get out of it. Um you can get hurt. I've actually got hurt in one. I hurt my neck in one, and I drove a little bit after that, but I don't anymore. You stay out of the, the yep. seat. Yep. How far off the ground is the the driver's seat itself? Uh, the driver's seat's probably 
just six feet when the truck's setting. Okay. Well, I'm 5'2", so I would probably need a boost to get up in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what was it that took you from monster truck fan to monster truck maker? The first truck that I had, I bought it, and I ran it for like five years, and then I sold it. I built one for myself, and I ended up selling that one, and the guy that uh, bought it, he wanted some spare parts, and the word got out, and it's never stopped. And how, over time, have you built up the shop? We'd heard in uh, in Danny's piece that it started with your grandfather, and then you kind of grew it into something. So my shop, my grandparents' shop is on the top of the hill from mine, and I worked out of there and built a few trucks out of there and ran my first truck, and then I built my my shop and then just been working out of it for since 05, I believe. Mm-hmm. And how many people do you have working at uh, Concussion? Two all the time. Um, Sometimes three and four. And are these folks you you grew up with? Did they come to you because of what you were doing? Uh, Buddies that I grew up with that used to go to shows with me when I was young. So it's a community kind of effort. Now, monster trucks are something that a lot of people think of as decidedly or maybe even exclusively American. But monster truck fandom crosses borders and concussion motorsports you ship trucks to folks abroad. What does it take to get something the size of a monster truck from Ellis Grove to another country? We work with a shipping company and we got to get extra large con- shipping containers. Mm-hmm. They will come and pick them up, tons of paperwork, and take them. We've got, I think, six in Australia, a couple in England, and we're uh, building a handful of them going overseas right now. Mm-hmm. And where's the farthest place that you have sent one of your vehicles? Mm, probably Brisbane, Australia. Okay. And do you get photos of of the the trucks once they've arrived and sort of in their new homes? Yes. Um, the the piece that you did, or in your conversation with Danny, you had talked about one of these vehicles that you sold to somebody, and that person did not handle it um, quite the way that maybe they should have. How often do you have to deal with um, with customers who who treat monster trucks with a little less delicacy than? than they deserve like i said i know that these things are built to get tore up i know that and it's quite often that you know somebody's calling or sending me a picture and hey i just broke this i need a new one okay (laughs) and how long does it usually take to to fabricate those parts and get them out to people um like a chassis we can do them if, if we're just working on one solely at that time, we can do one in two weeks. Um, axle housings I can do in like three days. Um, all the other parts, they're, you know, a few hours. Mm, it doesn't take too long. No. Well, you've been doing it for a long time. You're quite yeah. the expert, right? We have jigs and everything, so 
everything's the same and it makes it a lot more simple. Mm-hmm. Now, in your view, over all these years, why do you think that monster trucks have remained so popular? Like, what is it that that people can't seem to get enough of? People like destruction, <laughs> <laughs> the loud noise, mm-hmm. um, the the flashy bodies. Yeah, I mean, you've seen some at St. Louis last week. Um, all the 3D bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. The kids. It's honestly, it's all about the kids. Yeah, and. You know, you got to take your kids. Yes, and that is how it happened for me. And yep. I, I actually, I really enjoyed the experience. Yep. And there's, we've been joking about using the the edge of the seat. I, there are a lot of times I was pulling back because I was imagining what it was like to be the driver inside that machine. Sometimes when you're driving them, um, I mean, stuff's happening so fast in the vehicle because you steer the front of the truck with the regular steering wheel and you've seen that the rear tires they turn also Mm -hmm. and that's with the toggle switch inside so everything's happening so fast and when you're taking some pretty good hard hits um your vision can get blurry Mm -hmm. um the adrenaline uh you know i have not less if you take a really good hit and uh Usually after the drilling wears off, you can, you got the aches and pains. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the name of your shop, Concussion, it, that is what you're trying to to build against, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, that started when I was building uh, my first truck. I was going to call it uh, Avalanche. Mm-hmm. And... Chevy come out with the Chevy Avalanche, so I couldn't do that. I'm a Dodge guy. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I was going to call it Whiplash, and then somebody come out with that, and I was like, concussion, and it stuck. Okay. So in terms of the cost, what does a monster truck take in terms of the, the money to purchase one? When you get the best parts of everything on one, you're looking at uh, upwards and more than a quarter million dollars. So who's buying these trucks? (laughs) Uh, Business owners. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And are these business owners that are doing it for sort of their their personal interest or are they utilizing them in? A lot of it's just their hobby. Okay. Yep. Well, it's it's an expensive hobby, then. Y- yes. <laughs> now, your workshops got a room, and it is filled with toy cars, Hot Wheels, like mini versions of the monster trucks you've made yourself. Yep. When you see kids, or maybe even adults, play with those like shrunk-down models, what is it that goes through your head? We're all kids at heart. <laughs> but it's like I was telling Danny... Um, there's a lot of times when I'll go in Walmart and I'll, I'll skip down the toy aisle just to see if there's trucks that we've built. It's self-pride. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything that has changed, you know, in the last 20 years with the, the culture of monster trucks that you see as being a positive for the outlook for the future? Um... 
they they just keep in advancing and stuff just keeps getting more crazy and it, people's just it keeps drawing them to it and it's never going to stop last question what would be your dream build hmm. we've got some ideas uh some new technology we're going to try um we, we do all of our stuff uh, on SolidWorks first. A buddy of mine, Tom Montgomery, he does all my SolidWorks stuff and stress analysis. So we test everything first. But so we know it's going to work, but we're just, it, it'd be in production here before too long. Okay. Well, please let us know when that happens. We'll We'd love to hear about it. We'll Rich Inman is owner of Concussion Motorsports in Ellis Grove, Illinois. He spoke with us today about monster trucks. Thank you so much for talking with us. Thanks for having me. This segment was produced by Danny Wisentowski and Elaine Cha. With audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.